Welcome to a new episode of the Electric Podcast. I am Fred Lambert, your host, and as usual, I'm joined by Seth Winchob. How are we doing today, Seth? I'm good. All right. I want to say a quick thank you to our sponsor for today's episode, Upway, a leading online e-bike provider carrying the broadest selection of brand new and certified pre-owned models. Uh, we're going to tell you a little bit more about the business later on the show. It's a very interesting business, so stay tuned for that. But let's jump into the news first. So we have plenty to discuss. Obviously, the biggest news of the week. It's uh, it's going to be good for us, <laughs> Electric, because it's just it just slashed the number of emails that I get. Um, per week by like 20 percent probably because people are always asking me when is the new model 3 refresh coming to north america i don't know <laughs> well we we had a pretty now good idea, idea last week last week we told you it, it's we felt like it was soon and sure enough yeah. it was this uh january january 9th that was like wednesday yeah it was wednesday tesla officially started taking orders for the new model 3 in north america and uh, the um the, the uh deliveries are schedule for this month so uh, it was pushed now to february march but it was january february earlier this week so i assume tesla got a bunch of new orders from people that were waiting for the new version before they placed an order for the model 3 so uh in terms of the vehicle itself we don't need to go into too much details here obviously because uh this is the same that we already extensively reported on uh then when it launched in europe and, and in asia and other markets uh, so now it's coming to North America. So the specs, uh, the and, and the pricing and all that, that was what was more interesting, really. The pricing stayed the same for both the rear-wheel drive uh, at $38,000 and the uh, Mole 3 Long Range. And the performance version is gone like it is in, in the, these other markets that I just mentioned. So this is... A very little change compared to, uh, again, the, the design is obviously updated and all that. But in terms of uh, um, trims and pricing, it stayed the same. Even the, the range, which got a little bit better in Europe with the WLTP, stayed the same in um, North America. Uh, at least for the uh, rear-wheel drive, the uh, long range got a tiny little bump of eight miles, eight more miles uh, of range so a tiny little bump so what we think happened here is that with all the changes to the well not big changes but the changes with the epa rules that we discussed last week that re re resulted in tesla having its range reduced across its entire lineup um the new version of the model 3 is uh more efficient more likely than not just like the um the one in europe but the epa change rules Come, uh, cancel that out for the rear-wheel drive and ends up with just a tiny little bit more range for the uh, dual all-wheel drive long-range version. So this is the logic here. One thing that I was curious about, the top speed dropped massively for both versions from 140 miles per hour to 125 miles per hour, which is still like more than you were likely to, to, to achieve because these are not like sports car or anything like that, but still... Tesla is likely going to reserve the higher uh, top speed for for the performance version that uh, we expect to launch. Why later do you think the speed drops so much? That's significant. Yeah, Battery? I'm not sure. I mean, the, the car is is believed to be using new motors, but um, maybe it's just Tesla like software locking things and making it a bigger difference in the upcoming performance version. I don't know. Oh yeah. 
I mean, it's not a deal breaker for anyone for the most part, like the top speed. So it's it's like a, a feature that aspect that you can play with without too much, uh, without affecting sales maybe too it much. Affects his uh, Tesla's insurance, you know? <laughs> yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Though in a way, they can track if you even even if you <laughs> like. If you can get to that speed, Tesla will track if you actually use that capacity and then they will charge you more for their own insurance. Right. Anyway, uh, very welcome addition to the lineup in North America. We were It, it was creating some kind of limbo for like six months of like Model 3 cells. We wouldn't know exactly what happened because we know a lot of people just didn't want to pull the trigger on a new Model 3 because they know that Highland was coming. And Tesla, of course... Being Tesla, they don't say anything about that. They just let it go. And well, it's hard, uh, now, hard to say anything when your sales are going to go to zero. The Osborne effect. If you do say, yeah. "Hey, you know, whatever," they could have gave, given a price drop. You know, for for the older. That's the thing. Time. So we don't. We didn't know. Like at, at first, we thought maybe there's going to be a price increase too. So maybe that that would encourage people to like go with the older version. It's not the ma- the most massive. Uh, update to design wise I, I do love it like I, I said it when last summer when it first launched but I do love the new design I think it's a it's a decent upgrade but in terms of features inside the vehicle like the backseat screen like unless you have a family or something like that like you, you, that thing doesn't get that much use even if you do have a family like most of the time you're better off with an iPad in the backseat than you are with, yeah. the, with that thing um, the ambient light is nice but it's not that they give a deal either the little efficiency boost is nice so even though the advertised range with the epa is not increased we know that the efficiency is higher with this vehicle so like for the most part tesla owners in america with the epa range being the advertised range you don't use that that much to uh, in your day-to-day driving you you have to go with uh, how you know your car and displayed range and all that but uh, now you know at least it's a little bit more efficient so that's good all right, uh, moving on from the Model 3. Uh, this story just came out today, the Cybertruck. Um, so the Cybertruck has been deliveries for over a month now. Uh, but for the most part, Tesla has been delivering to employees. There's been some deliveries to non-Tesla employee, just real customers, but they've been very far and few in between. Uh, now we have a new one this week that was delivered to an actual customer that has nothing to do with Tesla. And uh, the fit and finish on the, the the fit and finish on the employee ones, we we still got to see it just because the, those cars were highly photographed in the wild all the time, and you got to take a look at it, and it, it looked pretty good. And now one of the first one that we get to a customer looks awful, but like awful. This picture is here that that, that you see is uh, this is the top of the bed of the truck here. And uh, this is the rear side panel, rear three-quarter panel from the the, the, pass, the the driver's side of things. The first time I saw the picture, someone sent me the picture, I had to do a quick double take because I thought it was a door that was like slightly open. Oh, no, geez. this is not a door. This is a body panel on the car that looks like it's basically peeling off the frame of the vehicle. Now, to be fair, the picture is very close to the... Um, rear of the truck so it, it looks worse than it is like it, from that picture right now it might look like it's an inch off it might be like more like half an inch off at the worst part and then uh, a quarter of an inch at the top still completely awful but maybe not as bad as the picture makes it look 
and that's not the only one. This is this is the the rear paddle. Oh, it is pretty bad. The rear paddle, uh, and this is another one here with uh, the door panel being uh, completely off here by uh, what looks like half an inch. Also, so just this is a hundred thousand dollar truck here, and yeah, obviously you, it feels like they should have a layer of you know people are going to film these things. This is like the first ones that are going out. People are making a decision if they should get it or not. They should have some kind of quality control over over this for a hundred thousand dollars you know you could get a couple couple people to look at it that that's what makes no sense to me like how many people had to drop the ball to get that to a customer because it, it did get to a customer so uh assurance quality at the uh, at the factory didn't catch that or maybe it didn't happen there maybe it happened in transport or whatever but it was delivered to the customer like that so there has to be at least like 10 people at tesla that could have stopped that and they didn't so it shows a, a real problem here that is this okay delivering something like that i would hope not i would hope that tesla doesn't think that it's okay i, I would hope that is this is an actual like mistake uh, but but still it's a bad example because, like you said, Tesla knows that these early units are going to be highly photographed, highly videoed. Uh, they're going to be used by because Tesla doesn't provide uh, review units to a lot. They just provide them to a few YouTubers and, and Motor Trend because and, and Jay Leno because well, Jay Leno is a YouTuber now, basically. <laughs> so, uh, just a few, a handful of people that the uh, the, the the favor. Everybody else has to like find an owner that, uh, that's going to loan it to them or rent it on Turo or something like that. So they know that those vehicles are going to be seen by everyone, and then they still deliver it like that. It's just such a bad look for Tesla. I I truly don't get it. I truly don't get it. Uh, I heard a, a friend of the site, a former uh, uh, colleague of ours, Scott uh, Buscemi. Yeah, he's he's got one on the way. Maybe we should uh, head over. Is he still in Arizona? Do you know? Or in LA? Uh, last time I thought it was in LA, but uh, yeah, maybe he's in Arizona now. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, Scott is getting his, I think, uh, this weekend. I think on, on Sunday or something like that. So yeah, yeah I mean, if, if I could we get to California right it now, it would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he'll do a video for us. For old yeah, time he does sake. great videos. Uh, he's a great videographer. All right, moving on from the Cybertruck. Tesla has updated uh, its wrap business this week. So this is a new business from Tesla since uh, late last year. Uh, they are starting to do their own, fact, uh, I shouldn't say factory made because I think those are made in, in, in the service centers, but they are Tesla official wraps. They call it color paint protection film, um, like more commonly known as, as wraps. Um, so they launched in October and they were the main thing that stuck out to us was the price. It was very expensive. It started at seventy five hundred dollars and went up to eight thousand uh, dollars for the model three model Y. Now Tesla has slashed the price across the entire selection. Now it's between uh, five thousand seven hundred dollars and six thousand, depending on the coat and the color. And they added a new color. This one here, the satin abyss blue. Uh, this is it on the model three and on the model Y. Um, it's a nice new like one of the things that we noted too is like the colors that they're actually offering are not are not too wild like they're not there was the rose gold which is cool you don't see that often on a car and it's a popular color in the tech world 
and uh, we know that a lot of techies love uh, love Tesla, so that 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 made sense. But it, it's now sold out on the on the uh, on the thing, so that's interesting. Maybe it was very popular. Uh, the other colors are more mild, like they're not. You have a wrap that makes sense to like you can go a little bit wilder with it, but Tesla's not doing that too much. But this satin blue is something you don't see that often. Um, satin abyss blue. Yeah, it looks good. Uh, I feel like they could have a hundred different wrap colors. Like it would, wouldn't be hard to ramp up that to, to yeah. Uh, Probably have a supplier and have plenty of choices. You can offer them all. Like doesn't change anything. Um. All right. Uh, this is an interesting story that um, kind of evolved throughout the week. Earlier this week, we noted that uh, a bunch of Tesla Model Threes uh, hit Hertz's own platform for um, they they they, are, they have their own platform to sell vehicles. So obviously the Hertz rents vehicle, but uh, they update their fleet quite often. And uh, after the cars on the uh, in their fleet for a few years, they generally sell it and they sell it themselves. And uh, we saw some very good prices on the Model Three. Uh, it was going for as low as seven seventeen thousand dollars. You see these two twenty twenty one Model Three here, uh, Standard Range Plus for seventeen thousand dollars, and that's before tax credit because. There's also now the new tax credit in the U.S. applied to use car for four thousand dollars. Four thousand dollars. But do we know if Hertz uh, counts as like a used car dealer? I don't see why it wouldn't, honestly. Uh, but yeah, I, you should definitely ask your your local Hertz rep, uh, representative if they if they can apply the tax credit uh, for you. But even then, like seventeen thousand dollars is still a good price too, because you couldn't get a lot of Tesla having access to the used tax credit because uh, one of the criteria to be eligible for the vehicle to be eligible, uh, there's still some criteria on the buyer side too, uh, on in terms of income and whatnot. But on, on the car side, it was a, a cap at twenty five thousand dollars, and there's not a lot of used Tesla twenty five thousand dollars. But Hertz had a ton of them, so it made one of some of the cheapest Tesla out there. Although obviously important to know, like these are why they are so cheap is because they are high mileage. Like a lot of these cars have between like six hundred uh, sixty thousand and a hundred thousand miles over just two years. And those are rental car miles, which are typically, if you've ever had a rental car, you know that you don't you don't baby those things. Yeah, most people they don't take that much care to it, and like yeah, so you, you need to take a close look. But it's still cool because a lot of people like there's a lot of people that don't care about that that much. Like they don't care about how their car looks. Like they themselves like don't baby their car at all. And some people even prefer that, like not to have to worry about uh, a ding on your car or something like that. They don't. You don't have to worry about that. And so that is a way to get like a pretty cheap electric car that's going to save you probably thousands of dollars in, fuels, in fuel savings over the next few years. Uh, and and they, they can take uh, like a lot more mileage than that too for the most part. Uh, so so it, it was a great opportunity. Now I, I'm, I just opened up their website though because uh, the, these uh, – let me share this page instead. Uh, the – so now I'm I'm filtering for the lowest price. Yeah, filtering the lowest price. Oh, wow. Now the lowest are now at twenty three thousand. So it went up. I was I was striking it all week, and like at first it was like seventeen thousand, and then nineteen thousand, and I think on Wednesday it was like twenty thousand dollars, and now it's twenty three thousand dollars, the cheapest one. So all the cheapest car went away. So you see that that proves my point. A lot of people, it, the the cheapest car were probably not just the one with the higher mileage, because I see some with higher mileage now than the seventeen thousand one. Is probably the one that was the most beat up. Uh, so a lot of people just don't care that don't care about that that much, or they plan to fix it. So some people are good with that; they can they can fix those things. So 
yeah, there's still a lot under $25,000, but not a lot. Like, uh, maybe uh, a dozen. I'm thinking, cost. like, I don't, you know, I don't know if people have uh, teenagers, but, like, if you have a teenager, mm-hmm. that might be a good uh, car for a teenager. Uh, you can always set the uh, valet mode on that. And, not, uh, not necessarily the valet mode, but you can put this, the speed limit on it, at least. Uh, right. can, you, can you lock the chill mode? Like I that would be to. nice if you can lock the chill mode and lock the speed uh, top speed limit because you can you can lock the top speed limit, uh, at, or I think you, you might be right. I think the valet mode might do that automatically. Those two. Either way, yeah, you're right because 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 it's still a super safe car. Yeah. So you don't you don't feel bad putting your kids in that, and uh, you don't feel bad too if they, you know, hit a curb or something because it's already pretty beat up. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so that so that was that happened earlier this week. We started these cars showing up, and then what we learned yesterday, or uh, yes, yesterday, uh, Hertz filed with the ACC ahead of the uh, of the release of their earnings, and uh, they, they gave a few warnings in that in that filing ahead, and one of them was regarding the sell of the first the first sell of part of their EV fleet. So for those who don't remember, back in twenty twenty one. Hertz announced the electrification of its fleet, starting with 100,000 Tesla vehicles, uh, Model 3s at first, and then they added a Model Y. And, and then since then, they made also a deal with Polestar and they, a few others where they're they getting more cars, but the bulk of their fleet is Tesla vehicles. Um, so they confirm uh, in that SEC filing that they are selling 20,000 electric vehicles out of their fleet. And um, the, the reason for it is... Is they say that it's well? I mean, it's it's the reason for it is the normal reason, like they need to update their fleet uh, after a certain period of time and everything. What was the, the the news item in there is that they said that the I'm quoting here: the company expect to reinvest a portion of these proceeds from the sale of EVs into the purchase of internal combustion engine vehicle to meet customer demand. So this is surprising because obviously we thought, okay, this is. Hertz, 100,000 vehicles, they start updating their fleet to electric vehicles. And then when they sell some, they're going to just reinvest into new electric vehicles and whatnot. And this is going to be a new, great way to accelerate EV adoption to that. But no, they say that they are going back to ICE to a certain degree. So they said a portion of those proceeds are going to internal combustion engine. They didn't say all. uh, They didn't say how much, but a portion. so obviously, we think this is a bit short-sighted. I, I think I think Hertz is more is Hertz is hurt is <laughs> hurt that what happened with their their Tesla fleet because they had like very unfortunate timing with their Tesla fleet. They started buying the Tesla vehicles at the highest price in 2021, yeah. 2022, and then Tesla started slashing the prices like crazy in a company like Hertz on, on the financial basis, on their bottom line, on their uh, financial report, they, they rely on keeping a high value of the fleet. So that, that's what makes them look good financially as a, as a public company. And when Tesla started slashing prices, the 100,000 Tesla vehicles they had started being worth a lot less. And that's not good in terms of like financing their fleet and all that. So, in fact, that's why, that's, that's why they announced that in their SEC filing because they said that the company expects to recognize uh, about $245 million in incremental net depreciation expenses 
related to the sale of their electric vehicles. So obviously, this is all Tesla's fault. They're not the only one in that, uh, that situation. We talked about, too, about Autonomy, which is a, a great company that does uh, EV subscription. So the, you, you can uh, see it's like renting, but it's, it's a complete deal with the insurance and all that. And you can go to a month-to-month basis. So it's a cool thing if you don't want to. It's a cheap way to get into a new vehicles without a big investment. And uh, they also rely entirely on keeping like a high value of their fleet. And, and obviously, Tesla, I heard that a lot over the last uh, year and a half or so. You just wonder, though, like, OK, so obviously we believe that th- that decision was sh- short sighted. But you just wonder, like, aren't these guys saying, well, we can buy a Tesla for almost half the price what we paid last time? Mm-hmm. Like, why not just like get like we're we're selling our Teslas at a you know at a loss at at what at more than what we thought we were going to lose but we can buy them new again like we can refresh the the uh fleet for such a much lower price than we had anticipated that i feel like that <laughs> that should offset the the price so you know theoretically these guys you know once they refresh the fleet they're they break even but it doesn't seem like that is the long term thinking there yeah, obviously you'd think like now's the time, like go ahead and buy you some Teslas, but yeah, right. apparently not. They did they did claim that it was like a domain thing. They say, oh no, customers are asking for ice cars, which I don't. I mean, I'd like to see the data on that. <laughs> right. But, well, I mean, in the middle of the, the U.S., there's not a lot of EVs, so people don't have familiarity. Yeah. But you know, I think perhaps they're scared like some pe- people were scared of you know like where am i going to plug in you know that kind of stuff but yeah yeah for me it's like a no-brainer like i would never... yeah but now you have so many tesla owners and so many evs owners on the market right. too that and when we travel by plane you we don't you don't bring your, your cars with you and when you get right. to another place and you need to rent a car uh you just disappear <laughs> if you put your your head down because of your hat you disappear <laughs> It doesn't my invisibility cloak. <laughs> yeah, boy. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. All right. We're going to have a few more news items to discuss. But before, we want to say a quick word about our sponsor for this week's episode, Upway. All right. Today's episode is sponsored by Upway, a leading online e-bike provider carrying the broadest selection of brand new and certified pre-owned models. The team at Upway has compiled a growing selection of top brands like Specialized, Trek, Aventon, and Gazelle, each priced up to 60% off retail to make electric mobility affordable to everyone. Want to sell or trade your current e-bike? Upway manages that as well. Each pre-owned e-bike goes through a rigorous inspection, tune-up, and certification by Upway's team of master mechanics and comes with a one-year warranty. Following your purchase, Upway will get your e-bike delivered to you, 99% assembled within one week and accepts returns within 14 days in case the bike isn't the right fit for you. The process is easy. Now through January 31st, save up to $1,000 off a wide selection of e-bikes during Upway's winter sales event. Be sure to use promo code ELECTREK for additional $100 off. Learn more at Upway.co. A huge Thanks to Upway for sponsoring, and make sure to hit the link in the show notes. Yes, thank you, Upway. It looks like they got a, a nice shipment of Gazelle bike here, which is a Ooh. very nice brand of e-bikes. Wow, and those are 
really inexpensive. That's like half yeah. half the price you usually see. Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. those are tempting. Yeah, generally pretty expensive. Yeah. All right, um, we have a few more news items to discuss, but then we're gonna get into the comment section. So if you guys have any question for us about any uh, stories that we discussed today, or any other stories in the EV world that you would want uh, our take on it, or you have any questions, you can put them in the comment section right now. So you can go on there on LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. We're live everywhere. Uh, but before we do, let's look at a few. We we had a, a more um, EV sales numbers came out, so we covered a lot of that last week. But some some companies are a little bit late in in, in releasing the numbers, especially when it's a new year. So now we have Volkswagen. So VW released their numbers, and uh, VW on uh, global in the US is not a very big player, but globally they are, I think they are third behind Teslas and uh, and, and BYD in terms of uh, overall BEV volume. And uh, they announced that they had a nice 21.1% uh, growth in uh, all electric vehicle sales with 300,094 uh, 94, 394, 394, uh, EVs delivered in 2023. Uh, they noted things like uh, the ID4 doing well in Germany, 30,000 in Germany alone. Um, in the US, 38,000. That's crazy. They're almost selling as many ID4 in Germany as they do in the U.S., um, which is obviously a much bigger market in terms of vehicles. 75,000 ID3s in China alone. That's cool. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. China loves the ID3. That's nice. And yeah, obviously, we, we were waiting for uh, a lot more vehicles coming out of uh, Volkswagen, uh, electric vehicles, obviously, in the, in the next few years. Um, and the ID the Buzz ID... gets launched in the U.S. Uh, at the end of this year, I believe. So that'll be which one you said? The ID Buzz. Oh yeah, the the third row. Uh, I guess the bus. Uh, yeah, we don't have the European numbers for that. No, not on there. It's probably not super big right now, but yeah, that's a, that's a big one. And obviously, the, the the real large volume from Volkswagen, which is kind of premium, like it's the lower range of the premium uh, segment, is uh, it's the ID. I think they changed the name a bunch of times. The ID two all, I think now it's right. called a cheaper yeah. vehicle, a cheap vehicle. So that's that's gonna be the big one that's gonna elevate uh, Volkswagen's uh, global volume in terms of electric vehicles. All right, Porsche, which is part of Volkswagen or owns Volkswagen, or it's always like a little bit murky on that front. Um, but they also uh, release their numbers, and Porsche is uh, obviously completely reliant on the Taycan in terms of all electric vehicles. Still, uh, when did the Taycan first launch? Like 2019 or something? Like that? Yeah, it's, it was one of the first ones. Yeah, um, it's like and, four years. Macan, Macan is supposed to be coming out this year, but it's been really delayed. Well, it was supposed to be coming out three years ago. Or yeah, right. Uh, and, but, and now it's because it's you, you, you drove the Titans and the, now, uh, the, the Mackin, so it's, it's coming soon now, right? Right. I mean, it's, it's a uh, 2024 model here, so yeah. it, has to, it has to be any, any time now. But I yeah. did see um, uh, a range review of it, of, but it's still a prototype. I don't know. I don't, I'm a little bit worried about that thing because they, they those things did not seem ready to go. 
Yeah. And they have the Boxster EVs that they've been texting forever, which also right. would be a very interesting addition because there's nothing else on the market that can be convertible, small sports car. Um, and, uh, but no, for, for now, it's all the Taycan, but the Taycan is still doing well. So the Taycan is up uh, 17% in 2023 versus 2022. Decent for a vehicle that's been uh, on the market for a little bit. Uh, over 40,000 units. It's, um, that's nice. It's uh, it's it's. I think it's still the second. It's the second biggest vehicle in the lineup. Uh, in terms of size, I think the Macan and the Cayenne are both bigger. Oh yeah, the yeah, of course SUVs. Huh? Has to yep. be SUVs. Yeah. So, but still, like, <laughs> I, I still don't get it too. The, all the success that Porsche had with the Taycan, I, I feel like I would be. I would be just chomping at the bits to release my my next EV and and especially the Macan and and you see you see the the success of the Model Y and the Macan can can get get some of that on the higher side of the market like everything is there to yeah. for for Porsche and they have the the, the stats in their backs to 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 back that up with the Taycan and then nope they're just uh, sitting on it for a while no, they're they're not sitting on it they're I mean but, the PPE platform is been kind of a uh, train wreck uh the vw is kind of doing the software on that thing and apparently it's they're just really really late and really bad and porsche wants to like pull out of the whole like hey we're part <laughs> of vw they just want to do their own thing um so we'll see how that goes yeah if that's really the reason for the delay i can't blame them to want to pull out because not a good look no nope. all right polestar also released their numbers and uh, it was uh, kind of a tough year for for the, the Swedish brand uh, that spun out of uh, Volvo. They uh, they were down in Q4. Uh, let me try to. We really need to do some charts when we talk about numbers. Um, they delivered a total of fifty four thousand six hundred vehicle in twenty twenty three, which is up from twenty twenty two. Okay, we don't have the 2022 numbers in there. Uh, but yeah, the, the the thing was in in Q4, uh, they delivered, uh, they were down to uh, 12,800 cars, which is down from uh, the Q4 of last year, which is the bad look. Yeah, I wonder if the strategy of spinning out Polestar was something that they should have done because it seems like volvo is doing a pretty good job of doing evs on their own and polestar is a lesser known brand which you know there used to be a volvo polestar vehicle so mm -hmm. people still think of volvos i don't know if there's a, that much differentiation like in particular like the polestar 3 versus uh the volvo ex90 like the the ex90 just seems like a more compelling vehicle even though it's the same um, hardware underneath the uh, EX90 has, you know, just it's a boxier look. It's not quite as sleek, but it, you know, with the with it having a third row, having you know all that lidar stuff on it, it kind of feels like, what you know, there's not there, Volvo's not giving Polestar a lot of room to like maneuver because all their cars are really, you know, they're sporty, but they're also you know very safe. And then of course the EX30, everybody's really excited about. Polestar doesn't have uh, their version of that. Uh, you know that's not coming out so you know volvo seems a lot lot in a lot better shape than polestar is right now yeah that that's all fair points but at the same time do how many like 
how many EVs does Volvo deliver? Because fifty-four thousand is not nothing. That's true. I don't know what uh, Volvo's yeah we didn't get. Handed. I don't know if we posted the Volvo numbers just yet. I don't think I saw them. Well, obviously the Polestar Three is still going to be, I think, one of like where volumes are going to grow when it launched later this year, and then the Polestar Four just arrived in China, and it's expected in the next few months in Europe in the U.S. Where it's going to start at around sixty thousand dollars, so still an expensive vehicles, but uh, should help the sales also. All right, one last piece of news before we jump into your comment section. So put your question right now in there. When I get to it in a second, Lucid also released a number, and obviously Lucid had a very very tough year. Uh, Lucid announced that they delivered 1,734 vehicles during the last three months of 2023, which is up from the last quarter, uh, the third quarter, uh, which was 1,400. But it is down from Q4 2022. So that's that's not what you expect from a growth startup like that, a company that's just starting to ramp up their uh, their vehicle production, going down year over year is a very bad look. Um, so obviously it's send uh, lucid stock crashing at a new low, which I, I don't I don't know about that that much because we kind of knew it was coming. They they had adjusted down their uh, production for, for the year last quarter. So we knew that it was going to be a bad quarter, but it still hit the, the stock price pretty bad. Uh, they also slashed their pricing to try to sell the vehicle. I mean we 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 talked about this a lot, but Lucid kind of shut himself in the foot when they, they focus on launching the the air first versus the gravity. They, they very much need the gravity uh, in order to uh, to achieve a, a large enough volume production in order to start to increase their gross margin and, and hopefully uh, be profitable. But right now they're not they're not quite there. What is what is the anticipated? Uh, you know when 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 is the gravity gonna kind of start hitting? Uh, you know numbers that are meaningful uh well i would i would assume later this year but at the same time like meaningful <laughs> right. uh they deliver less than two thousand vehicles a quarter right now so i i would i would hope that the gravity alone can beat that by the end of the year and then maybe next year we start seeing a little bit more healthy operation from from lucid but even that, I think that's an optimistic look at the company. I think. I don't know. I don't. I don't. We've been saying like, um, I wouldn't be surprised if we we see some some EV startup go under in in twenty twenty four. I think Lucid would be at the top of the list unless they just get saved by uh, by the Saudis, maybe, or bought by Apple. Well. I've, we haven't heard much about the Apple car project in a while, though. Is that dead? Yeah. No, it's I pretty think much it's still, uh, I think people are still talking about it. I don't know. Yeah. You know, every once in a while we get like a leak that like Hyundai's going to build cars for Apple or something. You know, yeah. they were approached. So I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we saw that uh, quite a few times. I would prefer Apple to go to a company like Lucid and Hyundai or something like that, if, especially if they buy them, just because we know Hyundai can build some nice EVs. Like it happens before they don't. Hyundai doesn't need Apple. Uh, Apple would need Hyundai. Uh, Lucid definitely needs Apple. And Apple needs Lucid to, to to some degree. Like they don't have the expertise, well, even though 
you're not making them profitably, but Apple could come in and use its supply chain experience and like cost cutting experience and just go in there and like try to do something. I don't know. To, do, do we know like uh, the, the, does Apple has a strong opinion on the Saudis? <laughs> uh, I I don't know. I couldn't tell you because maybe they just do, wouldn't want to get into business with that. Oh, it's like. Well, I mean, maybe the Saudis want to get out of the uh, EV business. They just yeah, sell that their too. whole That's stake to Apple. Thing. I'm sure they'd be okay with that. Yeah, but also like I mean, yeah, but there's like there's a factory now in Saudi Arabia. So even if you sell the stock, I mean, you're still. That's true. You're still in bed with that, I guess. I don't know, unless they yeah, just give up on that factory. I don't know. That's interesting. I didn't think about that, but that yeah. is a, a good point. All right. Should we go to comments? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. John Pinky. What do we know about German gigapart supply ship diverted to Cape of Good Hope? So I believe that's uh, because of the pirates. Uh, I think that's because uh, the German Tesla... Um, factory is going to shut down for a couple of weeks. I think that's what he's getting at there. We talked about yeah, this earlier, so we, I think. Yeah, we, we don't think that, it, I don't think that's a Tesla supply chip that's been um, attacked by pirates or rebels or whatever you want to call them. But because of other ships been attacked, uh, there's been a lot of ships that have been diverted and now uh, it's created some kind of backlog, I think, in, in the canal. And, uh, that is what is delaying a bunch of other companies, including I think Volvo this week also announced that they are uh, shutting down production in Europe because of that. So yeah, it's uh, Tesla is just stuck in that right now, and they expect a two-week delays in some critical parts that would uh, that that that's why they they need to stop production basically. All right, Sylvian Belanger. So the old new cars are still in the showroom. Should get a price drop. So he's referring to the Model Threes there. Um, what do we know about the Model 3s that are just still around? Uh, like, have we looked at, like, the, uh, the, the I guess, the, the they wouldn't be used. They, they would are, be new. But Yeah, they are new inventory. So, yeah, there are some old design model, uh, Tesla Model 3 in inventory. They're not heavily discounted. We, we know Tesla has started discounting new inventory vehicle versus new order over the last few years. So they still apply. I don't see like a massive discount over that, but there is one. So well, you, you can look for that. And maybe, yeah, maybe an actual like showroom model, you do get some tiny bit of an extra discount on that too. So maybe now that gets a bit exponential with the new the whole design. I don't I don't know. You would have to check with your local Tesla dealers for that. All right. Uh, Dan Overstay, if anyone from Tesla is listening, they're scrambling to make sure your buddy gets a Cybertruck that's been through quality control. You would think, but, uh, you know, even like uh, YouTubers like MKBHD uh, often get Teslas that are not in great uh, quality control shape. And that's been yeah. the, the big uh, complaint about Tesla's it, just it has improved over the last few years, though. Like we we, we know that with like the Model Y was not like the, the Model Y launch. Especially these are problems, especially in the early production. Um, but so Model Three launch was bad with, with quality control. Obviously, Model Y was a little better. We expected Cybertruck to be a little better, maybe or um, maybe not, due, due because of the nature of the design. It's a little, completely different, like body panel with stainless steel maybe they would still have issue on that like so we're not attacking tesla like oh you need every truck needs to be perfect and all that it's just we don't understand it doesn't make sense for tesla to 
deliver a truck like that to a customer with such clear defect. I'm not talking about little body panel gap that are not super aligned, little difference. But like Elon was talking about micron precision, Lego level quality control on the Cybertruck. And now they're delivering it with where the body panel is literally peeling off the frame. Like this, this is a problem. And I know I posted it on Twitter. And of course, like, don't go to Twitter for, for Tesla criticism, obviously. But Tesla fans are all like sweeping this under the rug. Like, it's just Tesla haters commenting on this. It's early in the production process and all that. Especially like it's early. I, I wouldn't say if Tesla was like at the in the end of quarter delivery rush where they don't have times to do quality control at the delivery center and all that. Uh, and they're just trying to get all the cars out by the end of the quarter so it looks good on their balance sheet. We're talking about early in 2024, still slow and still early in the production ramp of the Cybertruck. They're not delivering thousands of units yet. They know that every single unit that gets delivered is going to get a lot of attention. Might as well make sure that you're delivering some good-looking cars, but apparently not. Yeah, it's weird that they uh, they can't get that sorted out. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, Andrew Higgins says, the problems with EVs from LinkedIn, uh, Andrew Higgins, the problems with EVs far exceeded residual value. A significant problem came not only from the customers, but Hertz facilities having issues with getting access to DC fast charging. This included problems with transformer availability and capacity on feeder lines near airports. Really? Uh, that I mean, I guess that makes sense. I always wonder like how fast a rental car gets turned over. Like how long is it in the uh you know, like does it need to be like hours or is it can it be overnight? Like because you know, level two charges aren't aren't too hard to come by. Mm -hmm. Um they could, you know, have a bank of those pretty easily. But if they if they want to turn these over like in an hour, you know, like get them detailed and get, get it in somebody else's hand and not store them, then that becomes problematic because they, they, you know, they're all coming in pretty much empty of, of power. So they got to do a lot of charging. Yeah, that's a good point. At the same time, you could have uh, like two employees like going, doing runs at superchargers, which are pretty common these days. So there are solutions to that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, at to Andrew's point, and to yours, like about the turnover time, it, it would make sense to have faster charging at the location. And, and yeah, a DC fast charging station is not easy to deploy. That's a point that I didn't I didn't consider. But you would yeah. think that you would think that now like they have like two years, two years of experience with the EVs and they have deployed that. And now you want to utilize those new assets and, and keep growing your EV fleet. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised uh they decided to cut back. I think I think the smarter move would probably be just to to level off, and then well, yeah. you know, wait to wait till you have some more capacity for that kind of stuff, or move EVs to places where charging actually is better. Exactly. I just think overall EVs are going to be a better situation. Anyway, mm -hmm. uh, Bela Balang Kumar, the whole rental business may have to go through a revolution. In fact, with constant technology technological changes in EV, will just will be just one of those challenges. You know, I was thinking like. Turo is, you know, the Airbnb of rental cars, mm -hmm. and that, that that's becoming way more popular. Um, I do wonder if that the old rental car business is uh, ripe for disruption here. No, I, I think Turo is already I, an interesting solution. I don't know, like, 
But I think I think Bilal has more to say, maybe like because uh, he yep. says that. Uh, it would be more attractive for everyone, not just for car rental businesses, if the EV companies can provide the cars for lease and completely bandaged, including recalling when it's due for an upgrade, just like how aircraft companies lease their aircrafts to airline companies. Do they? I didn't know that. Yeah, I think, yeah, often. But, I, you know, I kind of feel like um, that's a different model. Like, I feel like yeah. car companies kind of, you know, they had their inventory and that's part of their asset. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, you know, Tesla probably could have gotten into the, the, you know, bought some, you know, airport real estate and had their own rental car company and, and people could have rented Tesla's right from Tesla. But, you know, that's, that's especially since they own everything, like it's not like right. they, they have already their own sales, um, business and all that. So yeah, that, that, that would make sense. They can even like do with the, the Turo model and whatnot, but. Yeah, yeah, there's there's room, like you said, there's room to be disruptive there. All right, uh, Sylvian again, Porsche. They can't sell too much EVs. They won't get any money for maintenance. Well, their dealers won't get any money for maintenance. Right. Uh, maybe maybe they, maybe they are getting some pushback on that front. Yeah, I mean, no, dealers just around the around the globe are problematic there because of that. Um, how about the VinFast EV pickup announced at CES? I, I believe Scooter covered that one, right? Yeah, we, uh, I didn't include it because I thought it was like a bit too concepty. Uh, like it, it's not, it's not one of their vehicles ready for for production or anything like that. It was like limited in range to, if I'm not mistaken, it was like yeah. not a super. I I don't know what's their actual use case for that is, or if it's just like because it's a concept that it's limited in range. I'm not, I'm not so sure, but. Uh, it's interesting. I mean, VinFast is uh, becoming a, a bigger player fast, not to yeah. pun unintended, but uh, I'm still a little bit skeptical about the company. Yeah, and I have to say, um, you know, from Micah's posts on small pickup trucks, there's a insane demand that isn't being fulfilled for smaller pickup trucks. So maybe there is something there like, you know, how small are we talking here? Because my guy, when he called about all small pickup trucks, he's well, not, not 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 the clown car ones. Are we but... talking about Maverick, Ford Maverick, small pickup yes. trucks? Are we talking about Micah's Chinese uh, pickup trucks? Somewhere in between that, maybe. Okay. I kind of like those things, but maybe not that particular one. Yeah, but you you cannot get them on the roads from most places. That's that's what's so annoying. Like, uh, Apple buys Lucid from Saudi. Uh, that would be a great prediction to come true. Save that clip. Okay. Uh, Is he saying that we are Alex, the real Alex Jones? <laughs> I don't I'm understand. Sure. And then uh, our final uh, comment <laughs> is Hertz is run by schmucks. I mean, it, it wasn't their best week. That's for sure. I don't know if I would go that far, but... Uh, I was not impressed by by their wasn't, their wasn't foresight. Wasn't Mark Fields running Hertz? No, I don't. Like, no, no, I don't. I don't think he's been running it for for a bit. Oh, uh, interesting. Yeah, I don't think. I think he's he's gone now. Maybe that was one but, of his decisions that the new people are like, screw that guy. Was he was he the one running it when they did announce think, the hundred thousand purchase? I feel like I remember him being part of it. But I think he was already being transitioned out or something like that, even at that it, time. Yeah, it was like temporary or something. Yeah, I think I think it was it was just there for like a temporary role or something like that. Uh, we have also one Sandoval that says, Hey guys, uh, what year Model Y in the used market to watch out for 
Uh, I'm in Toronto looking at one with 27,000 kilometers for $53,000. So long high. range Model Y. Uh, I mean, Model Y was always like pretty solid. Like, uh, do you have a 2020 or 2021? I have a 2020. It had the crazy panel gaps. But uh, other than that, it's been pretty solid. Yeah. I mean, 2021, only 27,000 kilometers on it, um, which is like just below average for a two-year model. Um, 53,000 Canadian pesos. Uh, it's not bad. doesn't seem like a bad deal, one. Uh, I I was looking at the Model Y last year. I just I couldn't pull the trigger because of all these different like oh free supercharging on this and the transfer your FSD on that. I was like I didn't know what to do exactly, so I'm sticking with my Model Three, uh, which still runs very nicely. Uh, but I could use a, a tiny little bit ground clearance would be nice, just a tiny little bit more, uh, especially with like uh, all the snow we're getting right now in Quebec. Um, but yeah, it's still still a great car. All right. That's uh, that's it for our show this week, everyone. Appreciate every single one of you that listen. If you do listen to the show, please give us a thumbs up, like, subscribe, and all that stuff. It helps the show a lot. It takes a second to do. It's free. And we appreciate every single one of you that does it. If you're listening on your podcast app right now, if you can give us a five-star review, that helps the show also a ton. Uh, only if you like the show, obviously. And uh, that's it for us. We're going to see you same time, same place next week. Bye-bye.